Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah. He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tons of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So, look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You've been forced. Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the naked naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. Hi, everybody. You're here with Mel from uh, The Naked Naturopath. Melissa Gearing is my name. I'm doing this podcast on my own today, and I'm super excited to redo this podcast for you because loads of people who have come on as listeners and subscribers um, from the Wellness Couch have missed out on some of the podcasts that were from The Naked Naturopath previously. You can go to the website, www.mgherbs, and find all those old episodes, but this is one that I've been wanting to redo for a little while because it's um, quite controversial and I get loads of questions about it, and it is soy. And soy is, um, you know, it's become almost as emotional as our vaccinations in Australia because so many people are for or against or um, really have no idea. And uh, that's that's become, it's kind of translated into this dogmatic, you know, soy will save the world um, because of its uh, easy, easy growth and easy, I guess, um, availability for protein and stuff like that. And then on the other side, soy will cause health destruction and cancer and people are writing books on this and all this stuff. So I want to kind of cut through some of that, which is the whole point of the Naked Naturopath, give you some information and so that you can make your own decisions. And um, yeah, look, just tell you some of the history and uh, break it down for you. I'm going to try and do that um, in a not too long podcast. (laughs) So I think soy products... Um, gained a health food status very quickly. Many people believed that they were good. F- it was good for them because meat was demonized as you know being bad for us. And so when soy 
came along, it was cheaper and it was a great vegetarian option. And when I say soy, I'm talking about tofu primarily and soy milk. These products come onto the Western, um, you know, into the Western market and people really love them. In 2007, um, you know, around 85% of people thought that soy was healthful. And I don't think that that has changed a lot. I, um, it was difficult to find updated stats, but I, I wouldn't say that that's much different now. Most of my clients come in thinking soy is a good option and that it is healthy. And I will break down the differences in soy for you because some is healthy, but most and what we consider soy is not actually what traditionally was soy. The ancient Chinese really revered the soybean, um, but they didn't actually eat it. And that's a common misconception. It was used as green manure. It enriched the soil. And, um, you know, soy was very much something that was put, put aside and fermented long term before it was eaten. It wasn't, it wasn't um, eaten straight away and it wasn't eaten until later when they worked out how to, to ferment it. Anthropologists who surveyed around 50 societies in Southeast Asia discovered that soybeans were only considered edible um, after this fermentation method was worked out. Prior to this, it was well known that it was um, a poison. It should be avoided. It would cause digestive distress, bloating, gas, um, and possibly, you know, they even knew about those hormone um hormone factors, which I'll talk about, because it was not advised that pregnant women eat it. That fermentation process, uh, you know, we worked it out 2,000 years ago, and it actually removed a lot of the anti-nutrients, including one called trypsin, um, or, you know, trypsin inhibitor. And that wasn't actually identified until the 20th century that it did that. So soy equates to around 1.5% of the Chinese diet and 65% is pork. So for those people who argue that, you know, uh, Asian countries eat loads of soy and stuff like that, they eat a very small amount and it's used well and it's fermented. So when soy food came to the Western world, they almost appeared out of nowhere as this miracle health food and that really was no accident. There was loads of, um, you know, like that shift in attitude was uh, about loads of massive investment in advertising and marketing by the soy industry. And it's been incredibly successful. Soy is huge business. Um, you know, from 2000 to 2007, seven years, US food manufacturers introduced around 3,000 new soy-based products into the markets. And um, they continue to appear on our shelves here in Australia all the time. And that perception of soy as a health food is largely related to the villainization of meat, like I said, but also coconut and palm oil. And coconut and palm oil cannot be grown in America, uh, and soy can. So, you know, that, um, that production of soybean uh, is, is very much a lot to do with, you know, what they've got to sell. And I think, you know, soybean production, it went from around 9,000 tons in 2003 to 30,000 tons in 2011. So huge. 
uh, 70% of consumers still believe that soybean oil is good for them. 84% uh, agree with the claim that consuming 25 grams of soy protein daily reduces your risk of heart disease. So it's this, this view of soy being healthful is very much alive. Now, there's this guy called Dr. McCola. If you haven't heard of him, go onto his website. I really like him. He's pretty cool. Um, but he's, he's also pretty dogmatic. Um, he says that this whole soy, you know, saga is, quote, a tragic case of shrewd marketing and outright lies taking root among the masses with the end result of producing large profits for the soy industry and impaired health for most who have been deceived into using unfermented soy long term. Now, you will note that he says unfermented soy. I'm going to tell you the difference. So I, you know, normal, uh, normal soy. I don't think that it exists anymore. Nearly all the soy that we see and eat is genetically modified and it is unfermented. Unlike in Asian cultures where the people would eat small amounts of whole non-GMO fermented soybean products, uh, Western food processes separate separate um, soybean into two really. Uh, golden, you know, um, money-making commodities, and that's the protein and the oil. And it's, you know, Dr. McCola and a, and a lady called Dr. Kayla Daniel, she's the author of The Whole Soy Story. If you want to read more, you can read her book. They say that there's really nothing natural or safe about those products when we do this. And, you know, the whole philosophy is whole food, um, of whole food, and, you know, when I use herbs, I use whole herbs as medicine, really does tell us that separating food like this and, and um, isolating constituents like this does make them quite volatile and, and there's the possibility of them causing health um, detriments because of this. So something that Dr. Kayla Daniel did say is, you know, she in her book she points to thousands of stories linking soy to malnutrition, digestive distress, immune system breakdown, thyroid dysfunction, cognitive decline, reproductive disorders, infertility, cancer, heart disease, the list goes on. Um, what you need to remember is that 91% of soy grown in the US is genetically modified. That's a lot of ours as well. Um, I do believe that they can say it's organic and it can be GM now as well. So this genetic modification is done to cause the soy to become resistant to, um, you know, uh, the different things and it becomes resistant to Roundup, for example, which is a herbicide. That increases farming efficiency. It provides less expensive soy. But the downside is that the downside, I guess, is that, um, you know, our soy is loaded with this pesticide because it's resistant. They're spraying it around to get rid of the rest of the weeds and keep the soy. But obviously our soy is still um, gathers all of that pesticide inside of it. The plants also contain genes from bacteria that produce a protein that's never been part of the human food chain supply before. Um, and that's something that's become a little bit controversial as well with, in terms of the GM. Um, GM soy has been linked to an increase in allergies. And there was a human feeding study on GM foods that verified the gene inserted into GM soy transferred into the DNA of our gut bacteria and continued to function there. Uh, that's pretty terrifying. This means that years after you stop eating it, I mean, it's potentially still an allergenic protein and it's being um, you know, produced in your intestines. There is also a little bit of research to say that GM soy may cause infertility in future generations. That was out of Russia. And so this is the type of soy that we're getting. 
there's I really don't think that we normal you know regular soy it, it doesn't really exist anymore and there was a documentary I watched a couple of years ago which I'm really sorry I can't fathom the name of it right now but it was about um, you know the GM soy companies buying out the little farmers of soy and it was a really like I cried it was a horrific um a documentary it was really really sad because these farmers have been farming beautiful soy for um, years and years it's gone through the generations and um, the the GM companies because they own the soy uh, you know and all its derivatives the farmers can't uh, produce it anymore so have a google and see if you can find that one so this is our first type of soy GM soy that's what most of us are seeing and eating from the supermarket. The um, the the next type of soy is, I mean, GM soy as it is, tofu and stuff like that, that's unfermented. The next type of soy I just wanted to talk to you about is fermented soy. This is a type of soy we should and can be eating. This is a type of soy that's eaten mostly in, um, you know, Japan and China and um, lots of uh, Eastern countries. It's been through a process of fermentation that allows it to be digested and broken down by the gut and gets rid of a lot of the negative anti-nutrients about parts of soy. You know, lots of people say that we never ate unfermented wheat before, um, you know, before modern culture as well. So if the wheat is fermented, like in a sourdough, I have many clients who say that they can't eat normal white bread, but they can definitely eat sourdough. It has been through a fermentation process at the beginning uh, that allows the wheat to change and to be partially digested and um, much easier on our guts to break down and digest. So the type of um, soy that is fermented is miso. Uh, It's a fermented miso paste is fermented. Um, you can get fermented soy sauce and soy sauce you use it in such small amounts that it's not a huge deal anyway. And rather than tofu, you're looking for tempeh and things like nato, uh, fermented soy products, you know, uh, stuff that was traditionally eaten and um, has been cultured. It's not soy milk. Soy milk has a couple of issues. It's not fermented, but it's also stored in vats that are made of aluminium. So it takes on a lot of that aluminium. And as you know from avoiding commercial deodorants, we do not want aluminium in our body um, as much as we can avoid it. So there's a couple of issues with soy milk uh, in particular. But they're the kind of soys that you can eat and they're fine and good and uh, really enjoyable. And we, Sam and I, had a lot of them in Japan. Uh, Soy is not something to be terrified about, but it's something that we definitely don't want to be eating, especially as women if you have reproductive disorders, this is probably the most common thing that I would see and kind of recommend people don't drink soy milk for. Soy is a phytoestrogen. That means it is a plant estrogen. What it does is it competes for connection with the receptor sites in your body. So picture a puzzle piece that will fit perfectly with the with the you know with another puzzle piece that is estrogen in your body. Soy comes in and it fits to the receptor puzzle piece that should wait for your estrogen. So when the soy takes its spot, you not only do you not, um, I guess, process that estrogen correctly and convert it correctly, but 
your your estrogen, which should connect to that receptor site, kind of just hangs around and builds up and can become quite toxic in your body as well. So we really don't want too many phytoestrogens in our diet. Um, this is part of the reason why soy was prescribed for menopause because obviously you lose your estrogen um, and there is some really cool research on that. But, um, you know, for most reproductive age females we really want to be avoiding that and even males you know you don't you don't want the hormone your hormones to be affected by by this so why is soy a problem if it's unfermented i'll tell you a couple of reasons so it contains natural toxins which are known as anti-nutrients which i've kind of um you know talked about a bit there's um you know there's People say that these interfere with the enzymes you need to digest the protein, which is why by fermenting it, it becomes easily digested. And while a small amount of these anti-nutrients would not be a problem in general, the amount of soy that we are consuming is increasing. So soy is insidious, and this is another problem with soy. Because it's cheap, because it's easily grown, because soy is big, big business, it's being snuck into so many different foods, it's hard to avoid. Uh, and, you know, I'm always asking you guys to read your food labels, but because soy also increases the protein. So when you look at the nutritional panel, if it's got a little soy protein added, the protein in that in that panel is increased and that looks good for food. We want the protein to be high in our food. Uh, general public, as a, as a general public, we are aware that protein is good and we want it to keep us full and satiate us and balance our blood sugar levels. So um, yeah, like it's, it's becoming put into loads of these processed foods in our supermarket, especially our breads and especially if you're gluten-free. So it's really important to read the ingredients of your gluten-free bread and I always try and buy soy-free bread. And, you know, something that's really popular at the moment is like soy and linseed bread. We do not need to be having soy in our bread. Our, it's also added but to like our sausages and our yogurts. Um, unfortunately, it's used, being used as a bit of a thickener. Uh, taco shells, taco seasoning, lots of uh, spices and stuff because it's used there to dry them out. Um, yeah, look, it's it's in loads of prepackaged foods. If you eat whole fresh foods all the time, don't stress. Don't worry about it. You know, just avoid proper soy uh, products but yeah if you're having some of those pre-mixed stuff and you know like who doesn't enjoy a taco and stuff like that just check the ingredients and it, it's only small amounts but it builds up uh, we want to try and avoid it uh you know there's a couple other things that that work against soy i guess um it's said to contain this thing called and you know don't don't uh, quote me on my pronunciation but hematogluten uh, glutenin, um, it's a clot promoting substance, causes your red blood cells to clump together, and those clump cells are unable to properly absorb and distribute oxygen in your tissues. It also contains goitrogen, so now we go into thyroid issues, so hormonal issues, yes, but also thyroid. Goitrogens block the synthesis of thyroid hormones and they interfere with our metabolism of iodine. That interferes with your thyroid function, and thyroid is one of the one of the um, you know, most most common up and coming 
issues for women of, again, reproductive age and older, it's huge. Uh, so many people are having issues with thyroid. So many more clients are coming in on thyroxine, uh, needing medication. And if you're, if something in your diet laxly is, is, you know, impacting on that, it is worth knowing about because it's easy to avoid. And that's my, that's my view. You know, if it is easy to avoid, let's avoid it just in case. Uh, it also contains, um, you know, phytates, phytic acid. These bind to metals. It prevents the absorption of minerals, including calcium, magnesium, iron, and zinc. And they are all cofactors for the best optimal biochemistry in our body. It's particularly problematic for vegetarians. And these are the guys who are eating it. So not only you're eating a reduced meat diet, which... Um, you know, means that you won't have as many of these minerals, especially iron, but you've got mineral blocking effects of the soy, um, which you eat instead of the meat. So many vegan and vegetarian supplement their diets with soy milk, soy meats, and other soy products. Now, more and more, I'm meeting people who, um, you know, vegetarians and vegans who avoid soy like they avoid meat, (laughs) which is great because that message is kind of getting out there. Soy is also loaded with um, isoflavones. Um, these, or isoflavones, um, these are like the type of phytoestrogen I was talking about. So this is the plant compound that resembles our human estrogen and it mimics it and it sometimes blocks the hormone itself. Um, and it's, you know, it's found to disrupt endocrine function, may cause infertility, may promote breast cancer in women, may, 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 may. But even drinking two glasses of soy milk a day for one month provided enough of these compounds to alter menstrual cycles. That's from Kayla Daniels' book. And there are countless anecdotal stories in her book of quick changes to menstruation upon introduction of soy into the diet. And I've had um, at least two clients I can think of off the top of my head who started consuming soy, had issues with menstruation pretty quickly, and then um, which went back to normal when they stopped consuming soy. So some people are going to be more sensitive to this stuff. You know, everyone's very individual. I've talked to you about the aluminium, but there's also manganese, soybeans um, that are processed by acid washing in aluminium tanks. They can leach high amounts of um, these um, in aluminium and the manganese into the final soy product. And soy formula, this is a bit scary, it has 80 times higher manganese than is found in human breast milk. So, you know, it may or may not be an issue, but it's a worry. Um, There is a couple of scary little facts on soy infant formula. Um, the estrogen in soy can irreversibly harm baby's sexual development, reproductive health. An estimated um, five birth control pills worth of estrogen every day goes into an infant who is soy formula fed. Um, that's 20,000 times more estrogen than, um, you know, uh, those who are fed other formulas. And many many health professionals no longer recommend soy in Australia. Um, and... It was, it was really only used widely 20 years ago when we didn't know all this information and we didn't have any other formulas if Baba couldn't have dairy. So, again, I want you guys to um, put your thinking caps on and make a choice that works for you. But there's a lot of information and um, most of it, unfortunately, is against uh, general Western soy. But 
you've you've got to take everything with a grain of salt and lots of this stuff we still don't know the effects on human health um again i would say if you don't know probably don't eat it but it's up to you i hope that helps you make your decision anyway and thanks for listening into the naked naturopath if you like what we do here at the naked naturopath then be sure to rate review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to learn more about mal and mg herbs jump onto mgherbs.com follow us on facebook at mg herbs australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on the Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. I realized in this time that I couldn't keep waiting for love from other people. I couldn't keep expecting love from other sources. But I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm going to prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.